Hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast with your hosts, Laz Michaelides and Felipe Amorim. Felipe, how are you doing, man? All good here, man, and you? Good. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's been a while, isn't it? We've had a, we've had a couple of weeks off just doing our own yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've um, been a bit lazy lately. No, not really. You've been for a surgery, haven't you? So. That's true. Yeah, actually, do you know what? That's true. So for viewers, oh, yeah, yeah, check it out. This is my arm. I've had surgery on my arm. Uh, for little fragments of bone that's been sort of keeping me out from playing my rugby, from playing the bass. Do you know what? I'm going to get closer just for the, so the viewers can see it better. There oh, man. Go. Look at that. I didn't even show you, did I? So, I yeah, thought you were just replacing your arm by like a, a kind of a <laughs> just get bionic a thing. One. Yeah. yeah. No, no just don't, like, don't need to practice the bass anymore, do I? I, I think you turn yourself into a Terminator or something like that. And if I do that, I won't need to learn to practice the bass. I'll just set, exactly. the, set the arm to John Paul Jones and I'll just go away, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> um, welcome back, guys. Um, this episode is coming out after we've had a bit of a summer break. So we, we for those who don't know, we do pre-record episodes sort of a couple of weeks in advance so that we make sure we have enough content for you. So by the time this comes out, um, I'll have been to Greece and back and Felipe's gonna have gone to Spain and back as well so for you guys for the audience and the listeners it will have been a couple of weeks since you've heard us because we skipped an episode cycle um so yeah welcome back as usual I'm just gonna start the episode off by asking you guys to go follow us on our social media um give us a like a comment a subscribe on YouTube any of those reviews on Spotify and Apple podcasts is going to do us the world of good because the more you review us the more reviews we get the more we are seen by people and the more our position in the rock and roll slash music history podcast charts the the higher we go so we can ask a small favor of you you know an independent podcast we're providing you guys with episodes we do it because we love the music we we love talking about the music that we're discussing we hope you guys enjoy it too so if you could just do us a small favor and give us a like a comment or a viewer subscribe that'd be really appreciated um so what we're going to do is we're actually following the success of the last episode we did, which was covers versus originals part one. We've decided we're going to go and do a second episode. And I think I said this in the last episode, but we are actually going to do loads of these. And it's not going to be like, you know, we're not going to do nine in a row, but we might do a couple of albums, then a covers episode, five or six more albums, a covers episode, because it is really cool, because the audience seemed to love it. They really enjoyed it. And we've enjoyed it as well because we're discovering new music, songs that we didn't know were by certain bands. And what's best is that you guys have been getting involved as well. And today, the four cover songs we're doing, two of them have been chosen by you guys, by our listeners. Um, So thank you because I put out a story on Instagram about telling us about your favorite covers. You got back to us and we've got a long list that we're going to spread them into the next cover episodes we do. But keep sending us them because we want to do more of these episodes. So you tell us the covers you love and we'll get them involved in the episode in some way it's like it's like a gig isn't it the best moments when you have audience participation that's it and what's a gig without <laughs> an audience what's a show without an audience exactly it's the first time actually that we get people involved to this level like uh people actually suggesting um topics for for the episodes isn't it yeah that's right and uh, i think it's uh, great with yeah. covers isn't it because with covers you can have it's personal you know someone can tell us a song that they really enjoy yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know how we started this topic. I think uh, I don't know if you mentioned a song that you've preferred the the uh, the cover and and the original. And last time we did, uh, uh, we we chose the favorites, isn't it? Do you prefer the cover? Do you prefer the original? Yeah. Are we going to do that again? Are we going to have we, an overall score? 
we're going to do it. And then whenever, I touch wood, it never happens. But whenever this podcast comes to an end, we're going to give you the final score. And I hope it's going to be something like covers, 1,327. Originals, 1,819. You know, I really hope <laughs> we do that many episodes. But yeah, we, we the, the aim of this episode is we want to find out in a massively overgeneralizing way what is better the cover or the original so let's get into episode two of covers versus originals um we got four songs for you as per usual one chosen by felipe one chosen by myself and two chosen by our listeners should you crack on with the first one yes who chose the first one i chose the first one all right i did yes the first song again as usual guys the playlist for this episode is in the show notes so go down click below and you can go and have a listen to the the versions of the songs we're listening to as well now the first song is wilson pickett's cover of hey jude originally done by the beatles do you want to go for it man why don't you tell us yeah do you know what i want to talk about the original first um yeah yeah because because that's um um, to start with, that song was written uh, uh, by Paul McCartney um, for Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son, right? So it's a famous story. Most people know about it. John Lennon was going through a divorce. His son was really sad. Paul McCartney wrote that song, you know, to kind of say to Julian, you know, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry about that. And it's it's just like, it's an honest, you know, very genuine kind of, kind of uh, uh, reason to, to write the song. And it's a beautiful song. Uh, I like the fact that there's a build-up in the arrangement. It's just piano and vocals first, and then acoustic guitar, and then the drums, mm. and it keeps building up, and then more vocal harmonies all the you know, all the way to the end. And the, the the most probably the most impressive thing about that song is that four of the seven minutes of that song are the na na nas at the end. Yeah, you know, and they just keep singing that na 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 for four minutes and George Martin the producer was against that said guys it's like we we destroying this beautiful single that that can that could be a hit it's not going to be the radios won't play this if we make it that long and John Lennon said they will play it if it's us (laughs) and he was right because that was nine weeks at number one in the U.S. charts wow so yeah so it's definitely uh, John Lennon was right about it. Uh, although you know, <laughs> you know uh, I don't know if it was McCartney's idea who came up with the nananas at the end, but super cool. What I find interesting about Wilson Pickett's version, which I didn't know until uh, until you chose this one, is it's a completely different take uh, on a song that everyone knows. And yeah, yeah and it's it turned a, a, a kind of a I don't know pop ballad into a really like funky uh soul song isn't it quite motowny isn't it yeah well he made it like he, that's that's the way he normally arranges and writes songs you know he yeah. didn't he, he you, you might think well he did it something completely different than the original but not completely different uh from his own style that's how normally he would write a song he, he i think he arranged uh and recorded the song the way he would do with any of his own compositions or any other things he would do. So it's not uh, surprisingly different from his own uh, catalogue, but really different from the Beatles one. And as soon as he started, I, I was like, actually thinking about it before uh, I, I played the song. I was like, how is that going to go? How can a guy like Wilson Pickett do anything acceptable out of Hey Jude? Uh, and I loved it. I don't know, what you what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... 
Do, have you have you said all you want to say about Wilson Pickett's version? No, I, got, I do have my notes here, which I want to. I feel like why don't you through. say why don't you say everything? Because yeah. then I've got, I've also got stuff to say about the Beatles version. So why don't you say everything, and then I'll say what I've got to say. Okay, so basically, well, uh, that was released in December 1968 as a single before the album, and the album was was named uh, Hey Jude as well. Uh, the interesting thing is, got Dwayne Allman from the Allman Brothers before the Allman Brothers playing guitar, and the guitar is one of the best things about the song. It's just beautiful. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole arrangement. Uh, there's a guy that I never heard of, Sir Jerry Jemmett, the uh, bass player. Yeah, yeah. A session guy that I never heard of. What a phenomenal bass line he he composed for the song, because it's like ever changing, which. It's it's a dangerous thing to do as a bass player. It, a good solid bass line that works in in a in a commercial kind of context is when you loop the bass line. You yeah. change the chords, but you keep playing the same groove over and over. That's the most effective way of playing a bass line that's consistent. Yes. Am I right? So yeah, yeah. he keeps changing it like <laughs> every bar is a different story, but it's so. Groovy, it's just so groovy. I love it. So the song gets slightly heavier towards the end, and the guitar gets busier. I, I, I like that. So, uh, um, just the fact that he, he turned into a funk song, um, it's it's so so different from the original that I I, I love that. One thing that made that song made me think of is, um, so regardless of on how different the vocal uh, performance is because Paul McCartney's delivery is just so emotional and beautiful. It's uh, simplicity it, versus yeah. it's, just, it's simplicity and emotion versus a bit more showmanship, isn't it? Yeah, I think Wilson Pickett wanted to kind of display his vocal technique yeah. and range, and he did it in a in a like wonderful way. I, I'm talking more about the arrangements than the vocals. Obviously, yeah. his vocals are impressive. Yeah, uh, but but I think. It, uh, you have to give credit to, to McCartney because the melody is so good that it works in a completely different genre. You know, it's the melody, yeah. it's way bigger than the song itself, than the arrangements. The melody is just phenomenal. The fact that he works with a different singer in a different genre, uh, it shows you how good the composition is, isn't it? Oh, that's all I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, we we spoke about the vocals, and despite despite the fact that Wilson Pickett is kind of showing off a little bit, overall I prefer his vocals. But especially at the start, there's little parts where when you're comparing them, um, Paul McCartney goes, "Hey Jude, don't make it bad." Wilson Pickett would I'm I'm over exaggerating for the sake of my argument, but um, Wilson Pickett would go, "Hey Jude, don't make it bad." He'll do those yeah, do, runs, yeah. which I feel that isn't always necessary. Sometimes less is more, and so I feel in that sense, you know, I like, especially when he starts shouting. You know, he's like, "You were made to go out and get her." You know, he's shouting down the mic. I love that delivery, but certain aspects, like I said, <coughs> excuse me. Sometimes when he's when he it does feel like a bit of showmanship, like he's trying to display his vocal talent, whereas you feel that McCartney is just trying to get a story across, or yeah. you know whatever the song's about. Um, now, one thing I do love is the instrumentation on Wilson Pickett's version, because with the Beatles, you obviously got the guitar. Uh, you, I, it's it's all a normal Beatles instrumentation, but it's got a piano, isn't it? It's very piano heavy. 
And the thing that I think is that the, there's often times where John Lennon comes in and does backing vocals on the second half of the second verse and the first half of the third verse. And it's just not, it's not entirely consistent. And then in one verse, the horns swell in at the end. And then in the other verse, they don't do that. And I just feel that the strength of the instrumentation in Wilson Pickett's version does it a lot of justice, especially where the fact you've got these horns and they're not there to show off and to say, right now, this is a Motown band. Let's do this. It's just, you know, and then we just back into the, the normal instrumentation. So he hasn't put the horn. I mean, they come in again at the end to do the na na nas. Um, and that's very epic, I think, but I just like the instrumentation just feels more solid in Wilson Pickett's version. I just feel like there's a, there's a clarity there. We know what we're getting. Um, you mentioned the bass, and that is the thing that originally attracted me to this song. The bass playing, isn't it just magnificent, man? It's just brilliant. It's, it's, and it is a typical Motown bass line, because what you do with a Motown bass line, is, as Felipe said, a normal pop song, if you've got, if you're going from one note, you're going like, doom, 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 boom, 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 boom. That might be how a pop song goes, or a standard rock song. In Motown, what you're going to do is, because the guitar, right, with Motown, the emphasis is on the vocals. You want to know, you want to hear what you, you want to hear the lyrics, you want to hear the vocal melody. So the guitars aren't doing overly much, the drums aren't doing overly much, the horns aren't doing overly much. The bass being the link between the harmony of the guitars and the horns and the rhythm of the drums, it has the freedom to kind of explore that. And if you listen, I mean, just check out songs again, these will all be in the playlist. Um, For Once in My Life by uh, Stevie Wonder. It's a shame by, I can't remember who, who did that, but it was both the same bass player, a guy called James Jameson, who was a master at fully exploring the chord. Because if you're just playing one note, boom, boom, that's one note. Is it a major chord? Is it a minor chord? Is it augmented? What James Jameson and Motown bassists did is they'd, they'd, they'd play around the chord. So instead of hearing boom, 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 you'd get boom, you know, just using all the notes in that scale to kind of fit around the rest of the instruments. And that's what's done so fantastically here is that he really is just playing every chord. But let me ask you a question. Do you feel he's overplaying? No. Good. That's I agree. The thing. I, agree. I, I feel like he's changing the story. Um, as a drummer, I sometimes struggle when I'm jamming with someone or playing with bass players who don't stick to the bass line, yeah. or they don't play something consistent, and I call them moving targets. So <laughs> some, some basses are moving targets, so like, come on, man. Like, I, would, I wouldn't be able to play with you, so yeah. you play, you're not playing with me, you're playing against me. Yeah. So you got to be really good and really creative and make the, the, the right choices for every single note when you want to do a, a bass line that changes every time, yeah. but it still sounds groovy. And I think what makes it groovy is the rhythm, regardless of how many notes it plays, uh, the rhythm is consistent and it's funky and it does tell the story. And I would say this, man, the bass and and the drums are the biggest contribution of this cover version. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I would say that like, if, if we have to pick one thing per song per cover, um, so it's, it, you've got to have a reason to listen to a different version of a song that you like. Yeah, and I would say that the bass line on its own is a reason to listen to this 
good song. point yeah. yeah that's a very good point uh, just a few more parts to add from from myself um now this might be uh, oh, oh i didn't think we'd do one in this episode but we will we'll do a quick las unleashed there we go. Um, so in this version of Laz Unleashed, you're going to hear an opinion that, I don't know, most British people, maybe even yourself as well, disagree with. I do not like the ending of Hey Jude, the Beatles version. I think it's too long. I think it's very boring, very repetitive. And I know that it's got all the Judy, Judy, Jude, Jude, and John Lennon screaming or Paul McCartney, whoever it was. But it got to a point when I was listening and I got to the na-na-na bits and I thought, Right, you know what? And, and I was being objective, you know, I was like saying, right, the song should end here for me. And yeah. I looked on the, the phone and there was like three minutes more of it. And I was like, you know, I, I, and I can't ever be bothered to listen to the to that song in full, which is a shame because I love the Beatles. You know wow. this. I, I love the Beatles. They're one of my, I'd say they're one of my favorite bands and I, I can appreciate how important they are to music. You know, I think they wanted to. Aside. I think they intentionally wanted to release the longest single. To make a point? Yeah. I yeah. think there was something about it. And it was, yeah, the longest, like, kind of uh, single. Number one. That, that yeah. reached number one at the time or something time, yeah. like that. So I think it was intentional. But for me, it's like the Beatles just proving that they could do anything just because they were the Beatles. Yeah. And that's, that's it's like, yeah, itself. it's it's kind yeah. of, you know, as a story, it's really cool. But I'm with you. I skipped the ending. Yeah, which I rarely do with any songs. I just feel that the Wilson Pickett ending actually has interesting stuff about it. Once the horns are done there, you know, you've got the guitar solo, Dwayne Allman sort of soloing over in the background. You've got the horns doing their part and sort of replicating some of the na-na-na parts. And then right at the very end, you've got the choir coming in. And I just thought that it's a really great journey to be taken on because you are right. The Beatles version kind of goes like this, doesn't it? It kind of goes from here. You got uh, you Paul in the piano, then the band comes in, and then you got here, and then you got the massive ending, and then it just kind of like stays there forever. Whereas Wilson Pickett's version, it kind of stays in the same flow, doesn't it? For the for the most, does, yeah. first two thirds of the song, and then when it gets to the end, that's when it takes you on the upwards trajectory. So you kind of sat there thinking, right, well, I've spent two minutes listening to this song. You know, it's good, but is there going to be a payoff? Yes. Nah, 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 nah. But Wilson Pickett's way of doing it. And that, for me, elevates it. So you've got a song that kind of, like, starts a brilliant journey and then kind of goes a bit flat, and a song that starts and stays in one way and then ascends. So it's just about what you like, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah, exactly. One, one more thing I just wanted to say is that despite the fact that I prefer Wilson Pickett's vocal performance, there is something just so soothing, familiar and comforting about Paul's voice, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's is, just, I, I feel like he's talking directly to Julian. Yeah. Do you know what the song's I think about? It's like, it's, it, What's the... Well, it's, it's as I said at the beginning, uh, uh, John Lennon was divorcing from his wife. Sorry, and, you did yes, say yes, that. Yes, yeah, yes, and, and his son was depressed because of that. Yeah. And uh, and Paul was just like, I'm going to write the song for this boy to cheer him up. And uh, basically, um, I I feel like Paul is on a phone call with him or something like that. That's how it's like, like I you know, yeah, yeah, or a letter or something like yeah. that. It's like just, it, it's, it's, it sounds like a really honest uh, message from mm. from a grown up to a kid. Yeah, like you know, yeah. and I like it's 
kind of saying, I've been through that, you'll be all right, or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. don't worry about it. So it's, it's, And I think that's the uh, the beautiful thing about it. Anyone can relate to that kind of situation, isn't it? You know, yeah. Anyone needed some some friend to tell you that everything is going to be all right at some point. And Julian had okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's vote. So you still got the scores, right? You're keeping. All oh, right. So we vote. Yeah. Uh, do I have the scores? I you, don't know. You took them down last time. Did I? Oh my yeah. god. I'll find them. <laughs> yeah. You, we need to keep track of it. So keep send me. <laughs> I'll keep track of it. Yeah, because right. well, I wanted to add it on today. Do you remember? Okay. Do, do you have um, any idea I have from? them written down somewhere, oh, man. man. I have millions of notes in different books and stuff. We'll like add them up. Don't worry about because it. what I want to do is each episode <laughs> we do, I want to accumulate the totals. Yes. So for this episode, it will just be another bunch. We'll just deal with these votes. And yeah. then for the next ones, Felipe will find his notes and we'll bring them together. Um, so original or cover? Hey, Jude. So cover. And I'll tell you why. Uh, hmm? Interesting, I said. Just because the Beatles version, I've listened to that song millions and millions of times, and, and, and it's like, uh, it's just refreshing to listen to a well-known song in a way uh, that you wouldn't expect. And yeah, uh, yeah that's it. For I you? also am going for the cover. There's just, there's a charm about it. That it. It's charming. It has something in it that makes me want to listen to it again. And that's the that's the difference, is that... When I start Hey Jude by the Beatles, I'm sat there thinking, yes, Hey Jude by the Beatles, great song, let's let's do this. I'm singing along. And then when I get to the end, don't need to repeat myself, I get bored. When I get to the end of Wilson Pickett's version, I want to listen to it again. And that's the defi- that's the definitive uh, proof for me. You know, the proof is in the pudding. And that's that one for me. So interesting, we both went for the cover. So uh, you keep yeah. in track, yeah? Yes, I am. Two to the covers. Yeah. Um Next song. Uh, this is the one you chose, right? Yes. Love it's Hurts, that. right? Love Hurts. Oh, Go man. That song. <laughs> well, this song is, is it's, uh, uh, it reminds me of my teenage years. Because, um, well, Nazareth is, I, would, I, th- I think, it's probably my dad's favorite band. And so he gave me a few CDs. And um, probably, I think I had about three or four Nazareth CDs. And it's it's amazing how this band from Scotland made its way all the way to the countryside of Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad has a, 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 a like real like uh, knowledge of of rock music, and he introduced me to Nazareth, and that was obviously one of their biggest hits. Mm. So so that's what that's how I got to know the song. But it played in the radio as well. So uh, not not only because I had a CD, uh, I could hear the song in the radio from time to time. And um, I just thought, you know, a love ballad should uh, uh, should cause some sort of strong feelings in you. So, so it's just so many cheesy love ballads out there. Yeah, I think it's very easy to uh, to write something predictable and boring, intending to 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 be a love song. And I think. The original song is super cool, but what Nazareth did to the to that it was to add emotion. It's dramatic. It's like it's it's sad and dark, and and it's it's one of those songs that really uh, uh, make you want to cry. And if you're having a hard time because of you know a relationship, whatever, and you listen to that, and it's like it really brings up the, the all, all the, the the emotions, doesn't it? Mm. And it's it's I think uh, I. 
I tend to think that ballads can be quite boring, especially love ballads. But I think we talked about this, like bands like Scorpions and Nazareth and Guns N' Roses, they are hard rock bands that can write or uh, record uh, uh, versions of, of ballads in a way that most pop bands could never dream of. Yeah. And I think that's, that's yeah. a, 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 you, you, bands that are famous for writing heavy stuff. You think, well, you know, can they do ballads? Uh, usually they do ballads better than pop bands, my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, it's interesting, this one, because when I listened to it, it did feel like it could have been a Guns N' Roses song. It could have yeah. been a Scorpion song, you know, but I suppose this is where Nazareth fit in. They were way earlier than those bands, weren't they? This Guns yeah, yeah, this, this, this 80s, song, yeah, this song was... 70s, right? Yeah, exactly. The original one, uh, so to give you some information, the original one by the Everly Brothers... Uh, which they didn't write. Do you, do you have the name of the songwriter? I've lost his name here. We need to find out. Yes, no, I had it saved here. Let me yeah. find it. Yeah, um, so... Go on, yeah, carry on. Yeah, so, so the Everly Brothers first recorded that song in October 1960, but it only but they didn't release it as a single, so it wasn't a hit. It became a hit when Roy Orbison recorded it. So... Uh, the guitar is very gentle, and 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 the, the vocal harmony sound very country. It's a it's a typical ballad, and like loads of ballads, what one thing that people don't notice about ballads is they usually fast. Mm. A ballad is 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 sometimes very smooth and very light and gentle, but the 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 tempo can be fast. Yeah, it doesn't have to be slow just because the yeah exactly yeah exactly. So that that's like like many other ballads, it's a fast tempo. And there's nothing much to to the arrangement uh, of the Everly Brothers version, even Roy Orbison's version. It's very simple. It's all about the lyrics and the melody. Uh, The vocal performances are good, but in 1974, when Nazareth recorded it, I would dare to say that that's one of the best vocal performances in rock music. And I'll say, yeah, for ballads at least. And as I said, it feels like. First of all, they changed the tempo. It's a lot slower. Yeah, it is. And it, that makes it darker. It makes it more dramatic. I like the, the effects on the guitar. I think the guitar plays a big role in that, in that version of the song. And the opening riff is something that doesn't happen on the original. So they have that slow riff at the beginning with some cymbal hits that make it like uh, even more powerful. Like yeah. I, I, I really love the... Uh, <laughs> Even the bass line makes me sad. It's like the whole thing is so dramatic. I love it. There's a lot more space. You know, the song stops and starts all the time. So yes. that space also it's it also causes a really really nice effect, in my opinion. Um, interesting thing uh, about that song: they included a guitar solo. So there's a really cool. Uh, drum feel you said it, re- it reminds of guns and roses obviously mm-hmm. they took ideas from bands like nazareth yeah and the drum feel into uh the guitar solo that's something that could be part of user illusion of guns and roses not even the whole song like that bit the drum feel that leads leads into the guitar solo is a short guitar solo very melodic typical like rock ballad stuff the interesting story about the vocals is like um, I think the guitar player and the singer went to a wedding. So whilst they were recording an album, they went to a friend's wedding, and the bass player they decided to record that song, uh, and they left. And the bass player and the drummer started working on the song. Uh, I don't know if anyone else was working on the song, but they chose 
the the key are the Emil um, Harris recorded the song. So many people recorded that song. So they chose that key, and it was a really low octave. So when they came back and the bass was already recorded, they had loads of things going on, and they had to stick to that key, uh, you know, in order to save time. You don't want to re-record the bass or etc. So the singer was like, okay, this is a bit too low for me. So I'm going to have to sing one octave higher. And that was beyond his normal range. Yeah. So that was the hardest vocal performance he, he had to, to deliver in his whole And that's career. why we have what we have with this version. Yeah. So yeah. It's, 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 it sounds like, uh, uh, like he's suffering because he's, he's struggling to sing. But he managed to reach that that range, like it's it's on the the limit of his his vocal abilities. So that's why it's so strong and and so emotional. I would say. What I loved is I really did love the instrumentation of the Nazareth cover and the different textures it had because it really it felt like it took you on more of a journey. Now I have to say with the Everly Brothers one. I really, really enjoy that song because I do feel that the poignancy and the emotion in the Everly Brothers' voices actually feels like they're in pain. I'm not saying that the the Nazareth guy doesn't, but there's just, I think the sparseness, the the instrumentation, the production, um, yes, the sparseness of of the instruments, the simplicity of the production, it just, for me, it makes the attention be drawn more towards what he's singing about and yeah. the chord progression. So you can actually hear the chord, that you can hear a minor chord, whereas in the Nazareth version, it might be a bit covered up because there might be a drum solo going on, you know, just, just for an example. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting one because they're, they're very different, aren't they? In terms, The next song we're going to do, they're quite similar. They're, they're, it's actually quite similar, isn't it? Because you've got a hard rock band and like a, an old country singer. Yeah. That's this song and the next one as well. Um, this is probably the, the the most different version, isn't it? Of it is, yes. It shows, yeah. I think it has an epic feel to it. The Nazareth one really does. It feels like you're taking on a journey, and you feel like you're feeling the pain of the Nazareth singer, as you said, maybe because he's yeah. singing it too high, you know. Yeah, um, Dan McCafferty, that's his name. Um, Dan McCafferty, yeah, yeah, phenomenal singer. I think the the thing about him is like whether you 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 like his approach or not. He doesn't sound like anyone else. No. And no one one can sound like him. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys that has a unique voice for real. Like, you know, he's not trying to sound like anything. He's just sound like that. He's really good. So what are you going for? You, the original or the cover? I'll go for the the cover. Uh, For, I'll, I'll say this. From the very beginning, the opening riff, those hits on the crash cymbals, and when he says love hurts, the first two words with that vocal right there, if you stop the song right there, for me, it's already a classic the way they did it. And so, also yeah. for personal reasons, I, I you know, I, I got to know that song when I was really young yeah. and I fell in love with, with Nazareth. What, what a great band. Lovely. Anyway. So yeah, uh, a bit of, a bit of information about it as well. That, that went, that was, I think it was a number one in the UK. It didn't actually make it to the charts, but it was, some countries they observe things in different ways. It's a cultural thing, I would say. So it was number one in Canada, South Africa, Netherlands, Norway, and Belgium. In Norway, it was fourteen weeks or number one. So weird, isn't it? So like, it's yeah. yeah some 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 uh, countries seem to have uh, uh, accepted that song better than others. Anyway, uh, 
So I'm, your favourite version? <laughs> I prefer the original. I must say, Ooh. yeah, the Nazareth one is fantastic. But and I feel maybe maybe I'm not giving it enough credit because I came away just thinking, oh well, this doesn't sound any different to like a Guns N' Roses ballad, a Scorpions ballad. Well, but they did it first. <laughs> That's my point. That's why I'm not giving it enough credit. Maybe because they this is where maybe where the rock power ballad came from. You know, Nazareth doing the cover of Love Hurts, and it is a fantastic cover. I must say, you know, there's no there's no reason for me not to like it. The instrumentation, the dynamics as well, man. You know. It's just got that section. I can't remember where it is in the song, but there is just a section where it's silent for three seconds. Yeah. The note rings out, the vocals die down, it just goes down. Then it brings back up and then they're into yeah. the next section. That's what the original doesn't have. The original just yeah. does sound like a Bob Dylan song, a Everly Brothers song, a, um, a Roy Orbison song where they're just playing away, doing the lyrics, singing the playing the chords. Not much, you don't feel like much attention in those days were given to things like dynamics. I think it just yeah, it just made me think that um, a, a good cover uh, makes you you th- you focus on something else. Like as you said, the, ori- the original, the original yeah, the original is more about the lyrics. Maybe as you said, the 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 band makes a a, a a bigger impact on the cover versions, and it's more about the guitar than even even though the vocals are phenomenal, in my opinion. It's more about the guitar than anything else. The guitar yeah. makes it different. So my point would be, if there's something about that song that makes it completely different in a positive way uh, compared to the original, is the guitar. There we go. I'd say that, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, we're sitting on 3-1 to the covers for this episode. Yeah. Um, next song is one chosen by one of our listeners. Uh, and this is Pretty Woman by Van Halen, uh, the original by Roy Orbison. Um I think, i tell you what I really liked about this is ha- having known what we've done, you know, we've done two David Lee Roth albums, haven't we? We've done Van Halen one and we've done Eat Him and Smile. Yeah. Um, well, that's not, Eat Him and Smile is, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you said, yeah. didn't say two Van Halen albums, it's two David Lee Roth albums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Knowing what we know about David Lee Roth and what he can do with his voice and the emphasis he can put in certain places, I actually welcomed him keeping the vocals like the original. I was expecting something a bit eccentric, a bit extravagant, a bit glam metal but the song is very similar to the original, and I actually welcomed that. I thought that was really nice. Um, it feels like, compared to the original, there is more going on in the song to keep me interested. When I listen to the original, it is very, you know, I was talking about the journeys, the Beatles take you up and Wilson Pickett stayed there and then took you up, whatever. Roy Orbison's version, as much as I like it and as brilliant as, as a song it is, it just kind of sits there, doesn't it? It doesn't really elevate or take you up and down, bring you with it or anything. With the Van Halen version, I did feel like there was more going on, more to sort of keep your ears occupied. Once you heard the first verse and the first chorus, you're thinking, okay, right, now we've got the same again. What's going to be different? And with Van Halen, there was little elements there that changed it. One thing I did prefer in the original version was the bridge. So I love that section. It goes, pretty woman, stop and stare. In Orbison's version, there's a piano that comes in that is that difference. Remember what I just said about how something needs to change to sort of keep your ears interested. In Roy Orbison's version, that bridge where it comes in with those little pianos, that's beautiful. Um, But the Van Halen version, I think it's a really, really good cover. What do you think? I think it's an amazing cover because they were not like 
as self-indulgent as they usually are, uh, or pretentious in a, in a certain way. They like musically very pretentious, isn't it? They respected it, um, not, the original, didn't they? I think that's one of those cases when they like the the song so much they didn't want to mess up with it. The 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 reason why they recorded that as well, like they they released I think as a single before the album, is because we did. Uh, let me check the year here. That was in 1982. So basically, when they finished the tour. And they were about to start working on an album. They got together and say, "I well, there's going to be a gap between the tour and the next album. Yeah, you need to do something. Which you know, bands need to stay relevant for as long as possible. And if the media is not talking about you for a couple of months, you know, it's it's hard to build up that, uh, uh, um, you know, the the whole marketing thing around the band. So basically they wanted to release a single quickly, just release something so you have something to play on the radio whilst you're preparing the next album. Mm. So I think uh, Lee Roth or, or or Eddie, I don't know who said, like, let's just do a cover then because that's easier. We just learn a song that we already like. Yeah, so, so that was the idea. So let's just record something that we already know how to play, whatever. And so they... I think they tried a, a, a few different songs, but uh, basically they, they decided to go for, for this song because they loved it. And I I like the fact that they, um, it's, it's almost like they know they're going to sound like themselves. So it's a yeah. natural approach. Let's yeah. just play. Because Eddie Van Halen couldn't sound like anyone else is one of those cases. He's such a unique player uh, uh, and he's got his own sound. Even if it plays something note by note like uh, uh, like any other song, he would sound like himself. There's no way. There's no way uh, Van Halen playing a song uh, wouldn't be uh, 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 different, or, or or he wouldn't bring any innovation. So yeah. uh, I think the good thing is they didn't try too hard in a you know in a good way. That's you know let's not try to make it uh, a complete different thing out of of a beautiful song like that so that's respectful and it's effective the tempo is pretty much the same the motown vibe on the drums is just heavier but it's the same thing and it's not much heavier than the original apart from the bridge and it's so cool that you prefer the original bridge i prefer the cover <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i prefer the original overall uh until this point and i think uh, i think the drumming is a lot heavier for the bridge it's just yeah. smashing uh, uh um the the cymbals and it's it sounds sounds so cool and i think well uh there's an extra riff at the beginning of the song which a couple of bars before the main riff yeah that Builds up some tension. You're like, well, which song is this? You don't know it's Pretty Woman because it doesn't start with the iconic riff. It yeah. starts with something else. There's a build up, and I think that was a small contribution they made to the song without uh, drastically changing anything. So I like that. I think they did a phenomenal job. Really. Excellent. Um, okay, then. What do you prefer? The original. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I I actually prefer the cover. So let's uh, there we go. So, what's it actually score five two to the cover? Uh, to the oh, yes, yeah. so yeah. we got like a cover last and original Felipe. So, yeah, it's one, two, three, four, two for covers. 
Yeah. Four, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Four, four against yeah. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the last one for this episode. Now, this is a, a song called Godzilla. Um, and the cover is by a band called Fu Manchu. Uh, and the original is by a band called Blue Oyster Cole. Now, this is another. Um, song suggested by one of our listeners so thank you um for these for the last song pretty woman and this one uh, because ultimately i'd never heard this song the original or the cover so to come in fresh no opinions no predetermined oh well i you know i did like blue ostercoy i'm not sure about fu manchu to come in with a fresh perspective on it, I, I really enjoyed. I liked having this. So, as I said at the start of the episode, um, when you're checking out these episodes, please give us some of your favourite covers as well, so that when we come and do part three, four, five, six, seven of this, we're going to have some more stuff to get into. Um, what did you think, Felipe, about the original? <laughs> I think it sounds like a cartoon soundtrack. <laughs> okay. I think the... The guitarist was 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 the guy who wrote the song up apparently. So have you ever uh, listened he, to this band? Sorry, have you ever heard? Uh, of I them? yeah, they yeah they have one of the most famous uh, cowbell songs in the world, isn't it? <laughs> Forgot the name of the song. My God, how did I forget? You know the more cowbell sketch from Saturday Night Live. Is that yeah? That that's one from... of their songs. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Got the name of that song. God, such a famous song. It's ridiculous that I don't know the name. Tell me about your thoughts. I'll, anyway. I'll find the song. Yeah, fine. Yeah, come on, just just Google it, and you're gonna just say uh, more cowbell sketch. You're gonna see which song we're talking about, uh, and I think it's one of their songs. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 I said it sounds like a cartoon soundtrack because because it's basically talking about the characters, it's talking about Godzilla, and it's just Godzilla coming and destroying Tokyo, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's just that it's a short. The lyrics are quite like straight to the point. Yeah, and there's a there's a part in Japanese where someone talking about. It's just like the news talking about Godzilla approaching the city, mm. you know, telling people to run for shelter or whatever. So basically, it, I, I think the uh, the chorus is quite catchy, and and the way they they deliver it is, it sounds almost like a joke. It, I I wouldn't take that song too seriously. So I like it because it's fun. It's just like almost naive. Yeah, yeah. it's just singing about a character that everyone knows. There's nothing like. Uh, uh, um, there's nothing uh, too deep about it. It's just that Godzilla is coming to destroy Tokyo. <laughs> That's what it is. And, and, uh, and it was it was written in a hotel room. So apparently the guitar player uh, started playing the riff. So you know, came up with a riff. Oh, this riff for some reason reminds me of Godzilla. So I'm going to write a song about Godzilla. Brilliant. So in contrast, what did you think of the cover? Um, interesting. I think what makes it completely different is the tempo. That's one of the Very biggest things so. that, like, like in terms of music production and, and arrangements, the tempo is one of the most important choices a band makes when yeah. recording a song. And it's it's so serious that you can completely ruin a song by picking the wrong tempo, by playing it too fast or too slow. Absolutely. And they deliberately made it a lot slower, like a lot slower. And what I like about it, like, so the original is, is is uh, was released in 1977 and discovered in 1997, so 20 years apart. But I'll be honest with you, what I like the most about the cover is it could have been released in 1977. It sounds like yeah. classic rock. The guitar is very distorted. It's heavy enough, but not like more than metal. 
It sounds like classic rock to me. It sounds like a 70s band. I, I'm not familiar with this band at all, so it's a really good surprise. Do you know who recommended this, who, who suggested this? So we, yeah, we... a gentleman who I used to... Uh, he plays in a band. So when, when I lived in Bedford and I used to play with my metal band, he used to be in another band that played um, alongside us or, you know, various stuff. So a gentleman called Peter... I can't remember his name. Uh, I can't remember the surname. Peter, I'm sorry, mate. Because um, nowadays we just see people, we just see their Instagram name, don't we? And oh, think- do you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you from a, a different cultural background, surnames yeah. are a very British thing. Uh, in, 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 in Latin America, we only remember people by their first name. So, Peter, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of your surname, Peter. He actually does follow us, so I'm going to find him and give him a shout out when I. Yeah. Get so I think yeah. So yeah. Thank uh, thanks for people who contributed to this because it's uh, so uh, it's it's a new band to me and uh, and I love bands that are not that old but sound like they're from the seventies. Here know? we go. Here he is Peter Robert Alexander Hunt. So Peter Hunt. Yeah. Uh, Peter, thank you. And the last person, uh, the person who chose Van Halen, was Alfie Haig. Um, who was a guy who came, he came to see you and me play with Jack in Cornwall. All right. So cool. his mum taught us, uh, his mum taught me English at school. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so he came and saw you, he came and saw you and me play with Jack back in Cornwall like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and then he's been a follower and a listener of the podcast since. So thank you very much to Peter and Alfie for these, um, for these suggestions. But yeah, one thing I found interesting, um, well, the, the the Fu Manchu cover, it really reminded me of the Beastie Boys. Yeah. It had that kind of weird hybrid between spoken word slash rap and metal. Now, I know Interesting. You, I, 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 I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's just it just came to me. Like, that's something that I really felt that I heard of that. And I don't want to go, I don't want to insult Blue Oyster Cult or their fans, but I do understand what you're saying about the song sounding a little gimmicky, the original. Whereas the Fu Manchu version, I felt it just, I felt it emphasized the seriousness of the song they're trying. Does that make sense? I, no, I don't I think I'm even confused. Well, myself. it made it serious then, because I don't think it's originally. In, in, That's in, what I mean. The originally original serious. cover made me take the song seriously. And is that, yeah. I don't know, like, is it, if it, you know, I'm not entirely sure, but the chorus didn't have as much of an impact with the Fu Manchu cover. It had yeah. a, I, I thought, I thought the original, the, the, the sections were better defined. You could yeah. tell when you were going from one section to another, but whereas with the Fu Manchu version, it got to the chorus because you hear him say Godzilla and you're like, well, shit, what was, what, did, what were we in the chorus already? <laughs> you know, like that. Um, and that's not, that's not criticism, you know, because yeah. do you know who else this band, this cover, I can literally, for me, I'm married two bands and this is what you get. Beastie Boys, The White Stripes, boom, and you get this Fu Manchu cover because it had that rawness. It had that heaviness that Jack White was so instrumental in bringing to the White Stripes early on in the uh, in the White Stripes career, where you just focus on simple guitar riffs and a simple drum beat behind. Um, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just said I feel like the music of the cover suits this version more. Yeah, it's the same riff, it's just slower. So, yeah, do you have anything I, to say about it? Uh, no, I I'd say there's not. An easy decision to to for me to say you know is it, it is cover better or not? I prefer the original. 
this one. Yeah. Maybe because it doesn't take it too seriously. It's funny because we notice the same elements in, in both uh, versions of the song. But we interpret it differently. We, oh. Yeah, we just, we, we, we just you know, prefer uh, a different approach. That's what it is. Yeah. And yeah, uh, so I would go for, for the original, you're going for the cover. So basically now we've got one, two, five, three, four covers today so there we go so today, i don't think i actually officially said i was going for the cover oh i know you're going for the cover aren't you dude are you not yeah i am yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah of course you are you, did. <laughs> you know yeah, me that's what you said um but yeah. yeah so there we go five three today in favor of the covers uh i wish we had the scores uh don't, guys next time for the next episode we will have all the scores there for us i feel like last time we also preferred the covers yeah the covers won last time i don't and, know if it was yeah Hendrix, I'm fairly sure the covers one, yeah. So the covers seem to be doing it. This is this is interesting though, isn't it? Because whilst we always have the originals to look back on and thank for giving us this song, I think you've nailed it when you said earlier, or kind of like we both said that isn't it interesting that when a band does a cover and identifies something that the original is missing, yeah, that can fill the gap for some listeners. Some musicians have that sensibility of finding something in a song that no one else would find. Yeah, or, knowing or, it's or there bringing it. or bringing something to a song that adds to it, and it doesn't it it it, it doesn't damage the yeah. the the actual feeling behind the song. It's just point. just bring something extra, isn't it? There you go. There we go. Another another covers episode done. So thank you very much, guys, for all the um, for joining us and for, especially to Alfie and Peter for the cover suggestions. Um, like I said, we don't know audience when the, participation. Audience <laughs> participation. There we go. We don't know when the next covers episode we're going to be. We're not going to do like nine in a row because we, we're missing albums too much, aren't we? Um, yeah, yeah. But whenever the next one comes along, we've got a list of about ten to fifteen more covers from you guys that we're going to do. We're going to do a Laz cover, a Felipe cover, and then one or two of your guys' covers. But keep them coming because the more you guys keep giving us the covers, the more stuff we're going to have to do to do episodes. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us once again on this long live rock and roll podcast episode i gave you the speech at the beginning but i'll do a shortened version now at the end please do us a favor and get on social media like our stuff comment on our stuff any question we ask you know we i know we put videos out there saying what do you think of this album comment on it let us know what you think get some interaction going because you know whilst we'd love to interact with you as well it helps us the more that people comment on our stuff the more that our stuff gets boosted to the top of the pile and people see us more means we get more viewers more listeners and that's going to only be a better thing for our podcast so once again thank you for joining us thanks everyone keep on rocking everyone and as usual take care and long live rock and roll <laughs>